We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. You may remember some months ago we introduced you to Fadi Bukaram, a young Lebanese photographer who somewhere along the line became somewhat obsessed with visiting the more than 40 American communities named after his country, Lebanon. There is one in Missouri and one in Illinois, Lebanon. Well, he liked the first five-month experience in 2016 and 17 so much, he came back. And he joins me now in studio to tell us why and all the things that came of that first trek. Fadi Welcome back to Missouri in St. Louis. Thank you, Don. Thanks for having me. Well, why'd you come back? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> the short answer would be to plant cedar trees in some of the Lebanons that I have visited in the past two years. Why the cedar tree? The cedar tree is the emblem of Lebanon, and it's always been associated with it. And even in the U.S. American communities that are called Lebanon, the main reason they call it Lebanon was the cedar tree. Someone in the 18th or 17th century, they passed by the town, see trees that they mistook for cedars, and it would remind them of a verse in the Bible because that's where the association is. The righteous shall grow like a palm tree, they will multiply like the cedar of Lebanon, and they would call it Lebanon. So to make the connection even deeper, and I thought, let's plant a cedar tree. How did this whole thing get started? I'm taking us back to the first trip now in late 2016. Uh, why, you mean why did I decide to do yeah. the trip? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I've always been a photographer, and it was always a hobby, of, but a hobby of mine. I had a corporate job in U.S. tax consulting, which is something completely different. But for some reason in 2016, too long to talk about, it, I thought I need to take a break from all this. Life's too short, and I need to do this trip. And this trip had been on my mind since 2005 when I was doing uh, – when I was in grad school in San Francisco. I had Googled Lebanon, my country, and instead it gave me Lebanon, Oregon. Hmm. So I Googled more and I got 40 of these towns. And I love road trips, so I thought maybe one day I'll be able to do that trip. So in 2016, I said, finally, it's time to do it. Well, what did you learn during that long five-month trek? Oh, Lord. That's, that, I learned a lot. Uh, well, the most important thing for me was that, like I said, I lived in San Francisco, and for work, I used to live in New York. I, and not live, I used to go to New York sometimes. Mm -hmm. So uh, my whole <laughs> idea about the United States, aside from, you know, the movies and all that, were restricted to what happened on the East Coast and the West Coast. So whatever happened in the middle, you know, middle America, flyover country, whatever people want to call that, I had no idea what it was. So when I did the trip, that was a whole a discovery of a whole new world, and it was just fantastic. What, what were some of the surprises along the way that uh, you maybe you hadn't expected to find? Well, I, the first thing was probably the hospitality. It's not that I wasn't expecting hospitality. I just didn't expect it to be that much. You know, wherever I went, and I used to spend a lot of time in uh, libraries and bars because that's where people, you know, convene to, mm -hmm. to talk to them. And I've, at these bars, I had, you know, more beers offered to me than ever in my life. And people just wanted to talk. And the other surprise is that a lot of these places called Lebanon, they knew the country really well. 
I'm not saying they knew it existed. I'm saying back two years ago, we didn't have a president. So when I say I'm from Lebanon, the country, I was like, oh, yeah, you're the country without a president, mm-hmm. which is not a lot of people knew that. So, Do you finding it uh, different, the reception, any different this time? Things have changed a little bit in this country with regard to people coming in from other countries. Well, uh, in the past two years, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, referring to the election and all that, I was here when the election happened. Mm-hmm. So most of my trip was post-elections. So that was w- what interested me more in the folks who live in middle America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would want to say that something changed, but really nothing changed in terms of the welcome. I, it just happened that the towns I was, I was in, people were just very welcoming. That, that's what I can say. So. Well, that's good to hear. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really delighted to hear yeah. that. What, tell me about this current visit. This, this is shorter. Um, and, and give me a little more detail about what this is all about beyond the, the cedar trees. Okay. Well, uh, there's a bit of history here, which is uh, in 1955, we're talking like 63 years ago, seven mayors of town or representatives of towns called Lebanon, Lebanon in the U.S. went back to uh, well, went uh, to visit Lebanon, my country, and they spent two weeks there. And it was the centennial of the first uh, immigration wave from Lebanon to the United States. They spent two weeks there. After that, the first lady gave each of them a cedar tree. So, and they went back and planted it in their towns. So on my first trip, I went looking for these trees. Unfortunately, only one was still alive. What had happened is that all these saplings, the small trees, were put in nursery in Ohio for three years, but they were fumigated, so they died. So the nursery, they didn't want to disappoint these towns, but instead of telling them the trees are dead, they gave them trees that are not cedars. So I'm in, let's say, Lebanon, South Dakota, and I went there. There's a big tree, and there's a plaque beneath it that says, Cedar of Lebanon, gift from the Republic of Lebanon to Lebanon, South Dakota, only it was a juniper tree. So that was, for me, it's kind of like, okay, that's maybe I should replace these trees with actual cedars. Mm. And the other one is Lebanon, Nebraska. Lebanon, Nebraska was important to me because the representative from there, Charles, Charles Harris, was the only one who didn't return to the United States. He went to Jerusalem after the trip in 1955, and he was killed there in no man's land. Mm. So, uh, And when I went back there and I saw the tree, which also isn't a tree, and I was in, like trying to look into his story more. And then last year, they sent me a message that, lo- that a lightning hit the tree and split it in half. So I, I don't want to say I felt like responsible, like, you know, like, <laughs> but I was like, this is this was my main trigger. It's like, OK, I got to go back. Nebraska, I got to get them a new tree, hmm. you know. So where where are you in, in, in terms of the uh, itinerary and the travel plan for this uh, trip? In terms of itinerary, I'm halfway through. Mm-hmm. But in terms of trees, I'd say I'm like I'm quarter through. So I've planted trees in Lebanon, Tennessee, Ohio, New Hampshire, and Indiana in the last couple of days. And there's going to be Illinois, which I'm going to visit today. And next, it's going to be Lebanon, Missouri. And how are you traveling? Is it an RV? <laughs> it's not the one you had last time. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Yes. No, not an RV this time. I just... Well, we'll talk about that. But now I have a van, so I'm traveling in a van. 
So the van has a bed in it and all that, but I haven't been able to use it all the time to sleep in because when I was in Arizona and New Mexico, it was just 110, 113 degrees and no air conditioning, so you can't mm-hmm. sleep in that temperature. And you've got seedlings uh, with you in, in the truck. Is ah, well, that, that's the thing. I, uh, if I wanted to bring the seedlings with me, they would have had to be fumigated, and I was worried that we're going to have the same problem. Yeah. So instead, this time, I found a nursery in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania called Trees of Joy, which is operated by a Lebanese-American man who had brought the seeds from Lebanon, and he planted them. So mm-hmm. the the saplings that I'm planting are two to three years old, so they had already taken off. So, And, and how how big would they be at two and three years old? A foot tall, two feet tall? Uh, about a foot, uh-huh. maybe a foot, a foot and a half. The, the first five years of a cedar of Lebanon tree are a bit slow, but then after the fifth, they take off. What distinguishes a, a cedar tree from a juniper, let's say, or any other tree? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a completely different species. That's the whole thing. I mean, the cedar tree is, would have needles like pine trees, you know, but a juniper tree doesn't have, at least the ones that I've, I've seen, they were uh, called Virginia junipers, so mm. they don't have it – it, it's a completely different look. But it's not a bushy tree like an oak. It's a, it's a different look altogether. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't – I wouldn't know how to describe it compared to a tree I've seen here, but it would grow like a palm tree, but it also uh, – sorry, like a pine tree, but it also spreads out horizontally. So if you see it from afar, you'd think it's like a triangle with a with – a, like with a bark, you know? Are you taking photographs uh, on this trip as you did the last time? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the photographs are the main thing for me. So, well, you're you're working on a book, I understand. I uh, yes, I'm. I'm. In fact, I'm trying to decide whether it's going to be one or two, but I think it's going. It might be two books, and the reason is one is going to be a photo book, just all photography, and the other one, which was the unexpected one, that I've had so many nice encounters and stories from people I met along the way that I think it warrants the travel narrative book. So right. I'm, I'm hoping to do that as well. So. You, you Obviously, you went back to, uh, to, to Lebanon uh, between these two trips. Yes, I have. What do people in your homeland ask you about America? Well, wow. <laughs> well, they – I think the questions are – like the, I got the usual questions, which was, what, was I treated well? How was the food? You know, these kinds of things. How, how was the weather? So for me, when I get these kind of questions, whether it's from Lebanese or Americans, it's a bit hard to describe because, you know, it's a huge country. I can't just, you know, summarize it in, it's like, how, how was it? So I'd have to pick, like, different towns and, or different areas of the country and describe them differently. So. Are, are people curious about this country? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, let's face it. When it comes to media and when it comes to movies and TV, you know, it's widespread around the world. Mm-hmm. And Lebanon, my country, is no different. So that's how I grew up, knew, knowing what America is by movies and TV. So people want to know if this fits the reality of things or not. And I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. What are they thinking about with regard to what's going on in that part of the world? I mean, it's tension. Remains. It's been there for a long time, and it certainly uh, is intense now. What are people thinking? You mean about and about about where where they live in the Middle East oh, at a time oh, of, the, at a time of very high tension? Well, how, how to describe that? See, even when I grew up, and I grew up in the Civil War, so there were times where you know there's war and there's bombing and all that. 
But you as a kid would think, well, maybe that's how the whole world lives. Mm -hmm. And eventually you grow up and thinking this stress and this the craziness is the status quo. So you get used to it. So even, you know, I live there. So when we think, yeah, we live in the Middle East, but it's in the Middle East. That's how every day is. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the stress exists, but you kind of cope. You think it's like, well. The, well, how do you feel about about leaving when you take these trips to uh, to this country? I, I I would imagine it might feel pretty good to get out of that neck of the woods. Uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, as much as I love coming here, you know, Lebanon is home, and uh, we haven't had any security issues mm -hmm. since 2006. So for me, that's and you know, my whole family's there. Plus, I don't like flying, so it's, <laughs> it's always. You know, a month before coming on these trips, I'm very stressed out. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't look stressed out now, I'm happy to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look pretty relaxed. Tell us about the uh, the, the incident with the uh, RV the last time around. Yes. That <laughs> so last time, it was March 2017. It was actually on a Ash Wednesday, and I'll, I'll mention why. So I was passing through Albuquerque, and I stopped there, and I stayed at a motel because someone had told me that the area might not be safe. I wake up, and I check the RV, and it's still there. Go have breakfast, come back, and it's gone. So I start circling around, saying maybe I parked it the wrong way, but it wasn't. It was stolen, basically. So there was a lot of panicking, but I called the cops, and the first reaction of the cops was telling me that it's pretty much gone, and I should expect not getting it back because it's probably on its way to Mexico because apparently you know, RV thefts are common in that area. The same day at night, they called me. They had caught the people who stole my RV, and I caught my stuff. I go there, and it was a mother-daughter team who had stolen the RV in order to transform it into a meth lab. And for people familiar with the show Breaking Bad, which happened in Albuquerque, that was exactly the same thing almost. So I found my stuff, but the RV had to be left there because it was – beyond repair at least on the inside it needed a lot of time because you know they tried to change a lot of stuff but the good part for me as a photographer was that the cops allowed me to go uh, on the scene when they were doing the CSI work which is lifting the prints and mm -hmm. all that and unfortunately the story of the woman the daughter who had stolen the RV is a bit sad because she had a daughter and I found her diary in my stuff that said Ash Wednesday because that's what she wrote. Mm -hmm. And there were needles and heroin and all that. I mean, it's a sad story. The good part is that she was let, she was let out of jail after six months. So I'm hoping that she's on a good path right now. I can't be sure, but I'm hoping. Sad story. Welcome to America. I guess that's, uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the caption of that yeah. particular photograph. What, what were your impressions of uh, Lebanon, Missouri, and Lebanon, Illinois? Well, uh, Lebanon, Illinois, I probably, that was the, I mean, it was the best stop for me for the main reason was that uh, when I went there, the mayor saw that my visit was important enough for the town for him to give me the key to the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still, it's a big brass key that says city of Lebanon. And to me, that was a huge honor. It's like, I, it, I'm, I, I, I don't have a lot of words, but it was just fantastic. Uh, Lebanon, Missouri, I was hoping to go find the tree that I set from 1955, mm -hmm. but I didn't find it. However, 
this, uh, all this changed after I came back to Lebanon because the daughter of the mayor who went in 55 found me, and then she mm. sent me photos of the stuff that her dad had gotten from Beirut in 1955. So that was just like a, what do you call it, like a... Uh, like a box with, I, I forgot the words, like, you know, like something historical, you mm-hmm. know. So this time I'm going there and uh, I really can't wait because uh, I've been asked to speak at the high school over there. So and we're definitely planting a tree this time. So that'll be fantastic, hopefully. Well, you're going to have a, a, a diplomatic cohort, an ambassador with you at some point, aren't well, you? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh Thing is, uh, this time, actually, I went and saw the ambassador of Lebanon in the United States, mm-hmm. and he was extremely supportive about my trip, and I'm just happy about that. So well, I'm just doing unofficial diplomacy here. <laughs> how, how much longer are you going to be in this country now? Until November 15th. Right. And it's going well for you. Absolutely. All righty. Well, we want to thank you so much for being with us, and congratulations on, on all you've accomplished in well, terms of your own, your own diplomatic mission here uh-huh. in this country <laughs> and getting to meet so many people. I'm delighted that you're taking away a good impression of this well, country. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm just happy to be here. So. When, can we, <laughs> when can we look for your books? Oh, at the, a year at least, at least a year, so hopefully. Well, come on back and see us in a year. We'll talk about <laughs> you. talk thank about you. the <laughs> Fadi Bukharan, thank you. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy your time in St. Louis. Episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcast app, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh. <laughs>